Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Persecution and being, well, in trouble all the time, the writer of the Hebrews says this, you need to persevere to stick with it. In other words, don't let trouble or persecution move you away from doing the will of God, because God in the end will minister to you. See, Satan is always against us, and he'll use whatever form he can. Often he'll use persecution and discouragement. Persecution of the church is something still happening around the world today. Pastor Mark will be sharing today that when you stand up for your faith, there's a good chance you'll face opposition. You may lose friends or even family. Satan doesn't want the message of truth and hope reaching the ears of other people. He's going to stand in your way. But today, you can remain committed to Christ, even in the face of persecution and discouragement. Continue to love others and speak the truth. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, with today's edition of Lessons for Living. to challenge you and I, these principles, maybe different wording, have never changed. They're the same principles that come out of the Bible. About a year ago, God began to speak to my heart, and he gave me these five things. This is how you get involved here. There are five C's. Today, we're going to take commit. The next, we'll do celebrate and connect, communicate, and contribute. And I want you to look at your own life as we go through these. And I want you to say to yourself, what's really taking place? The first one is commit to be a growing follower of Jesus. Now, write the definition down, if you will, of the word commitment. Write this definition down. Here's what it is. Commitment. An agreement or a promise, notice, to do something. Well, that's no different than Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these. So, as you see that word, I want to remind you today that the pastors and the elders of this fellowship believe that these five core commitments will ensure you of the optimal journey To become like Jesus. Commitment. While we were in Beijing, I'd been there two times before. Many, many years ago when I was there, it was even worse than it was today. 
it continues to be, although it's changing significantly, one of the ten most polluted cities in all the world. They use coal a lot and all these things. But about five or six years ago, China made a commitment. The word commitment. They were going to do something about pollution. Now, they're going to do something because of two reasons. Number one, health. Many people have serious diseases because of this pollution. They have lung diseases, tremendous lung diseases. There's something they have called the Beijing cough. (coughs) And that's one reason, because the health of the people is very poor. Number two, the Olympics are going to be in Beijing. So about five or six or seven years ago, they made a commitment. And they're in this path of making these changes. It's changed significantly. They're not there yet, but it's changed significantly. One of the things we noticed that really challenged me was they they decided about five or six years ago to plant, and I don't know how many, but I guarantee this, cities probably 16, 18 million people. They made a commitment to plant millions of trees. I'm talking about big trees. So everywhere you go in that city, doesn't matter where you're at, there's trees everywhere being planted and have been planted over the last five years. Now, why trees? Anybody remember from biology? Please take the, the trees, take the carbon dioxide and, and release oxygen. So everywhere we went, there were either tree farms where they're growing these trees, five, six, ten foot tall, and they're transplanting them things absolutely everywhere. So, It reminded me, because I knew I was going to teach on that. They weren't just talking about doing something. They were committed to do it. And they've started. Many Christians simply talk about it. About being committed. They don't really follow through. Now, Jesus knew what commitment was. He would say to his disciples... I only do those things God asked me to do. The disciples would catch that. He was saying to his disciples, I'm leaving. I'm not interested in a bunch of guys that are casual, half-involved followers. I'm not interested in that at all. He says, I'm interested in guys I can count on who are committed to do what I did. You need to change the world. So, Let's look and see how we're doing with this very first C. Here it is. Commit to be a growing follower of Jesus. Not just commit to be a follower, but a growing follower. You see, most people in the United States believe they're committed followers. Now, let me make a disclaimer. I'm an American. I've been born in America. I love America. There isn't any country in the world I'd rather live in and be in than America. I love it. But I want to tell you this. I love to travel overseas because I I get a picture of the world. See, most of you haven't had a chance on a regular basis to visit many parts of the world. Do you realize China and India are 2.6 billion people? That's eight times what the United States is. Eight times. I personally believe in the future, China, along with India, is going to rule the world. We're pretty much on a downward path big time. See, when we get our news here and we watch football or golf, 
when you see the rest of the world, that's even on their radar screen. Nothing wrong with that. We're watching that TV, man. What's going to happen in the Super Bowl? 99% of the world could care less what's going to happen in the Super Bowl because it's not about the Super Bowl. So we're crazy here with our foods. Our foods are horrible as a large. And these countries, these people work. When you're in China, and again, I love America, and I'm not talking about this church, but pretty much we have a lot of undisciplined, uncommitted people in all aspects of life. It's not the same as it was in the 50s. When you go along the streets of Beijing, thousands of miles of streets, on every street, there's flowers and bushes trimmed perfectly on both sides and in the middle. Their new airports, 8, 10, 16 wide, brand new roads ready for the future traffic. Just like Wickham. <laughs> Am I right? See, and again, we live here. What is wrong with us? How many years has it been like that? How long will it take to change? And you go to these other countries who've watched our mistakes and they've learned. You know, in those, in those paths, because they've got so many people on those streets, I don't know, we don't, we never could figure out how they did it, but probably about every mile on one of those roadways, on the right side and the left side, that's somebody's job for the week. Trim the bushes, weed it, water it, make it look beautiful. It looks incredible in the entire city, spotless, 16 million people. Well, they don't do everything right. As Christians in the United States, Barnes says, he did a survey and he said, are you religious or are you very spiritual? In the United States only. And he asked people, well, let me give you the statistics because I think it's interesting. Uh, 62% of Americans said, we're not religious, we're very spiritual. And then he said, okay, what are your priorities? Knowing that obviously if you're very spiritual, just give me an idea here and here. Who do you think would be number one in your life if, if you're well, no, hello, yeah, that would be a good thing, wouldn't it? 51% of the people, the top number said family. Family's the number one, family's a very good priority. That's the number one priority? You know where God came in? He came in second. You know what percentage? 16%. You see, we think we're committed, but we're not. Well, that's not new. Probably the saddest verse in all the Bible for Jesus, we discover in John chapter 6, you see it here. Jesus had just talked to his disciples, and he said to his disciples, the followers, by the way, many people follow Jesus. They call themselves followers. They would follow him and he would heal people. They would follow him and he would provide food and multiply food. They would follow him over here and he would do a miracle and a blind person. Could see. There were many followers. Then one day Jesus said to these followers, it's going to get a little tough for you now. It's going to get very different than you thought. It's, it's going to be hard. In fact, if you're going to be a follower, you're going to have to suffer. In the earlier parts of John chapter 6, Jesus kind of outlays what's going to happen. Well, when Jesus says, you're really going to have to be committed now to follow me, I think maybe one of the saddest verses in all the Bible that Jesus is here in John chapter 6. Look what it says. At this point, when Jesus said, "Mm -mm, mm -mm, whoa, 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 you're going to have to be committed. At this point, many of his disciples did what? Turned away and what? 
deserted him. Now, how can a follower of Christ, as he follows, at some point go, okay, turn away and walk his own direction? Well, you can't call yourself a follower of Christ. Look at the rest of the verse. Then Jesus turned to the twelve. He said, you can do the same. Peter, for once, has the right answer. Look what Pete says. Lord, who are we going to follow? We've learned that you're the only one that has life. Why would we follow anyone else? What do we discover? Why did these people walk away? Were they really followers? Let me give you three things to write. Three things that keep us being committed followers. Number one, labeled only disciple or follow of Christ. You see, as people saw them, they would see them in the market and say, what are you going to do today? I'm going to follow Jesus. Were they followers of Jesus? No. In name, in name only. These people that turned away and deserted, they were never true followers of Jesus. Well, that's just like today in a church. In the times of Jesus, in the times of our church today, the church are filled with so-called Christians, so-called followers. You know, in Beijing, in China, there's a lot of neat things that take place, and some things that aren't so good. But since I've been there before, one of the things I know is they're very creative, and they're able to take any kind of clothing and uh, duplicate it with patterns identical to the original, and just sell it for like almost nothing. So we went to a place called the the Silk Market. It was like six floors. They call them knockoffs. And uh, you can go anywhere. But I have travel pants that they have that you can cut them off right over here. They've got zippers. You can take them off and wear them shorts. And they're nylon. I love them. And uh, they're made by RCI. And, and uh, they're like 55, 65 bucks. And you throw them in, put them in the sink at night when you're traveling. By the next morning, they're dry, ready to go again. So I have two pair. Well, I went into a place and, and we got some different things. And I went in and priced them. And I put them on. They're absolutely identical. And of course, in the store... They start out at all these prices and you have to bargain. It's kind of the fun thing. You know, they start at this and you go, nah, I like that. And you go to walk away. Oh, come back, sir. Come back, sir. And you come back and you talk a while. And then you go back and they come back over here. I love doing it because, you know, you're just whittling them down. They know where to go. My wife hates it. <laughs> so I finally got them down. They're 55 bucks, 65 bucks. I got them for 15 bucks. I probably could have got them down to five or seven bucks or whatever. But, you, you know, they got to eat and whatever. So I don't care about that. I got a nice pair of pants. And they have the label, RCI. But they're knockoffs. They're not the real thing. Do you know today that the church is filled with knockoffs? Now in China, the church isn't filled with knockoffs. Because if you're going to serve God, you've got to put your life on the line. You've got to be committed. That's not you. Now I'm not saying our church is filled with knockoffs would be labeled only. I think we do way better than many. But maybe you call yourself a Christian. You do all the right things. It's like a guy that buys a suitcase. And you know, today on the internet, you, you can order all these labels. P, 
Paris, Athens, South America, Hawaii. And you order all these things and you get your brand new suitcase and you put the labels on all of them. You've never been out of MIMS in your life. <laughs> but, but you look pretty good. World traveler. Don't even have a passport. Could it be that you're here in Vieira? You've been in church 30 years. You've been a member of a church. But you're labeled only. You're a knockoff. You see, that's who these people were that followed Jesus. When he said, it's going to cost you, they went, we're out of here. They, they were knockoffs. They were never, ever, ever followers. Well, this isn't the first time Jesus spoke about it. Notice, write this statement down. Confessing Christ must also lead to a commitment to follow Christ. One of the things we have to be very careful about in the church, especially in America, is people that come to our altars and make a profession of faith. Billy Graham Crusades, Greg Laurie Crusades, any church, doesn't matter, First Baptist, whatever. People come and accept the Lord. Many of those people that go to our prayer rooms, we don't know if they ever move past the professing stage. They never really become followers. They said some words, they meant it at the moment, but all kinds of other things get in their life, and they, and they never really become true followers. You say, could that really happen? Did it happen in those days? Well, sure it did. In Matthew 7, Jesus makes a bold statement. And he makes a bold statement that kind of shocked a lot of people. In Matthew 7, Jesus says, On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. I never had a relationship with you. You know, you can just paraphrase that and say, God, God, we, we came to Calvary Chapel. We had our Bible. We came weekly. We gave our tithes. We were really into it. And Jesus could say, wonderful. But I never knew you. You didn't have a personal relationship. You were label only. That's very dangerous. There's not too much of that in China. Because their Christianity costs them every day. The threat of their life. In America, we don't have that problem. In China, no Christian radio. No Christian television. Here, Blair's at it 24-7. Churches on every corner. Just walk in anytime you want. Most of the world is certainly not like that. So I want to challenge you. If you're a make-believe if you're a label-only Christian, get real. The second thing that can keep us from really following is trouble and persecution. Let me read to you from Hebrews chapter 10. Remember those earlier days after you have received the light when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. In the book of Hebrews, Hebrews, the writer is writing to a church like the Church of China that had been persecuted for their Christianity. And the writer says, well, you remember when you came to Christ? He says, stand your ground. 
Then it goes on. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. Other times you stood side by side with those who were treated. See, these people were being persecuted. They were being insulted. He says, you sympathized with those who were in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Even in those days, in the book of Hebrews, back in the Bible time, people lost their lives, their homes were taken, things were taken. You know, it was very interesting while we were in China. I talked to the underground pastor. We met him. As we met him in the home, we have a a couple from this fellowship that live in Beijing. They're there for three or four years, work for Harris. And so we stayed in their home, and we had one night, she had a pastor of a state church, and then a pastor and his wife of the underground church. And we had an opportunity to dialogue with them. It was wonderful. I can't tell you his name. I can't show you a picture of him. I was not able to go to his church. Why? It's too dangerous. While we were there, we learned some interesting things. That China filters every email in and out of China. Now, you can't even get your hands around that, can you? I met a businessman as we flew back to Dulles. I met a businessman in Dulles, and he says he wasn't a Christian. He says, I go over with my Blackberry, and I'll be over there, and I go many times a year, and my boss will call me on the cell and say, how many emails did you get from me? I sent like 25 over the last three days. He'll say, I got 17 of them in the exact same time. And they were sent over three or four days. Well, what happened to the other eight? There was something in there that China didn't like. Same with Christianity. You have to be very careful of what we write to them, where we go, how we said things, because they just filtered out. You can't receive the truth in many ways and shapes and form. See, we're not used to that. But persecution was a normal thing in the days of Christ. It's still true today, not too much in our country by any means. People may make fun of you, and they do, that you're a Christian, I mean, we don't like it, but it's not a big deal, really. Some of you might lose a job because you stand for Christ. I understand that. Not easy, but nothing like losing your life. And so persecution and being, well, in trouble all the time, the writer of the Hebrews says this, you need to persevere. Just stick with it. In other words, don't let trouble or persecution move you away from doing the will of God because God in the end will minister to you. See, Satan is always against us and he'll use whatever form he can. Often he'll use persecution and discouragement. Maybe you're in that place. Don't be discouraged. Stick with it. Pastor Mark today shared stories of persecution. He talked about the underground churches in China and how simply sharing the good news of Jesus' sacrificial love is a criminal act. Speaking this truth is deadly in other countries, yet people still boldly proclaim the gospel. While you may not be in danger of this kind of persecution, are you standing that firmly in your faith? Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. 
All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will be urging you to take your faith to the next level. He'll encourage you to commit to the Lord, to seek His guidance, and to boldly walk forward in His plans. When you've done that, Pastor Mark will encourage you to do it again. Keep growing, keep changing, and keep sharing the gospel message. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a herd